Hey, fellow truth seekers. On behalf of Dawn and I, we want to welcome you to Protect Your Peace podcast, where we will be bringing truth to light because we know that the truth sets us free. Together, we will explore current events unfolding around us, dive deeper into the underlying spiritual realities, and equip you, our listeners, with spiritual weapons to protect your peace. We are going to fight the good fight together. We're so glad that you're here. Welcome friends, Dawn Funk here, and uh, we are so excited to have you guys joining us today for episode number three of the Protect Your Peace podcast. And as you guys probably heard in the intro, um, just the ways that you can get in touch with us, you can subscribe to this, um, you know, by just going to our YouTube channel at Protect Your Peace. Uh, we also are Fancy Pants. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen to this if you don't want to see our faces. Um, and then we also have a website that is been built. And of course, we're going to continue to add resources to that. And it's very simple. You'll just go to protectyourpeace.live. But I'm fired up because today we have another incredible guest. I just got the privilege and honor to chat with him for a little bit before we got started. And let me just tell you, you guys are going to be so incredibly blessed getting to hear from Joey. And of course, as always from Rebecca. Uh, but today we're talking about the truth about prayer and about spiritual warfare. And as you guys know, and if you don't, go back to episode one, because we talk about what brought Rebecca and I together to do these podcasts. But if you don't know, I am a baby in my faith. Like I literally right now am going through, um, you know, classes at a local Latin church. Um, and so I am super excited uh, to be baptized later in the spring. At least that is my goal. And so I am just soaking up so much of this wisdom. But you know, I have to be honest, you know, I'm a confident woman, but when it comes to my confidence as a Christian, that is where I struggle. And so that's why I'm so grateful that you guys are going to get to hear from Joey and Rebecca again about how prayer and, sp and spiritual warfare, um, you know, is a very real thing. And here's the deal. This is one thing that I do know is that, you know, God has equipped us with a powerful weapon through prayer for us to go out there every single day and fight battles. Because that is something that I've learned is that while God is real, so is Satan. And so we have to have a weapon because every single day Satan is attacking us. And so I can't think of anything more exciting to do right now than to bring on Rebecca, who is going to kick us off with an amazing prayer that we can use right now in our lives. And so Rebecca, friend, go ahead and take it away. Awesome. Thank you so much, Don. Okay, let's go ahead and pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us place ourselves in the presence of God. O Holy Spirit, beloved of our souls, we adore thee. Enlighten us, guide us, strengthen us, console us. Give us your orders and tell us what we should do. We promise to submit ourselves to all that you desire of us and to accept all that you permit to happen to us. Let us only know your adorable will. Amen. Okay, well, Dawn, I am equally fired up about this topic. First of all, I just love prayer so much, and it's been such a gift over the many, many years of my life to, to grow in prayer, to learn to pray, to learn different ways to pray, and so we're going to talk all about that today, but I first want to bring to light that we're on a journey here, so Dawn and I first started off 
you know, with our, our first episode was all about why we started this podcast. And really, you know, just to reiterate that this came about because Don and I, we jump, we would jump on the phone and start sharing our experiences. And, and we were like, people need to know this stuff. And here's, what's crazy is people don't know this. And we were talking about how we want everybody we know and love to know things, experiences we're having, things we're finding out. And so, you know, that's why we did the truth about why we started this podcast, but we had to make our second episode about truth, because if we don't establish the reality that, and the truth that there is a truth, then we don't have a foundation and we know that the truth sets us free. And so we needed to, to acknowledge that there is that authority. God is the authority of truth. He is the truth. And therefore today we're going to talk about prayer because with all of the things that Don and I are so excited and eager to discuss with you, all the topics, all the controversial things, especially going on nowadays, we can't dive into those until we equip our listeners with the, the, tools and resources and whatever they need to be, to protect their peace, right? So we want to uh, equip all of our listeners with means of prayer, ways to pray, and ultimately weapons in this spiritual battle that we're in. And that's what prayer is. And so I'm so excited about that because, you know, I don't think anybody would disagree nowadays that we live in a society of polarization, right? Like, there's pro vaccine. There's, I don't want to be, you know, nothing to do with the vaccine. There's the Republicans and Democrats. There's, there are so many topics out there right now that have black and white polarization. And how is it that somehow in our country, people are at these two extremes of the spectrum. And that right there suggests that, that uh, we're not in a healthy state as a country. And that being said, you know, we also, we're living in a society of propaganda, censorship, and no privacy. And I don't know how you guys feel about that, but that's quite a huge violation of our rights. And that being said, um, this isn't the first time in history that that's been the case, that there's been propaganda, censorship, and no privacy. And, you know, the, the truth is, and I hate to say it, but the, in history, when the, when those things have been the case in the past, they did not end well. I mean, we had the French Revolution was 1789, uh, 17, 1798 to 1799, the French Revolution. And, uh, you know, interesting story about the French Revolution and my personal experience when I entered the convent. I came with a small little book, a small little box of a few things. And then one thing in that box was a book called To Quell the Terror. And I brought that book because months earlier, my mother superior said, hey, here's a list of a bunch of great Carmelite books. So I got, I think three or four of them and I got through a couple, but I didn't get through that one. So I, I brought it with me. I didn't think she would mind. Well, I, it's my like first day in the convent and she's going through my books of things. And she's like, Oh, to quell the terror. Great. Well, you always are doing a spiritual reading, you know, so you're always in one book and you can't start another book till you finish this book. So why don't you start with that one? And I didn't even know what it was really about. So I'm like, okay, great. So that was my first book. Well, you guys, I had just said goodbye to everybody. I loved, I, you know, got rid of everything. I, I, 
had this very emotional entrance with my family and it was powerful and beautiful. And so day two, I start reading to quell the terror <laughs> and the, the, the title should have like alerted me, but it's all about the French revolution and how the government through propaganda, censorship, and no privacy took control over people's lives. And there was a Carmelite convent that they forced 16 nuns out of their convent, out of their habits, out of their religious life. And then they proceeded to murder their chaplain, the priest. They ran him through the guillotine and his head was chopped off. And uh, eventually their case was called up. And I doubt any of you will read the book. I don't know. I would. It's a very fascinating book because the details about it are gruesome as far as they set up a platform with with guillotines and they ran people through them day in and day out. And in fact, the, na the neighboring houses, the people started complaining about the smell of the blood and the, you know, the, the earth was just soaked with blood. And anyways, something that's, it's beautiful, but heart-wrenching is these 16 Carmelites, they, they were called up at, uh, for their execution on no other day than the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, their patroness. And they were all murdered that day. But after that, after that bloodshed, that martyrdom for the truth, they didn't compromise in their beliefs and what they knew to be true. Because of that, uh, the French Revolution and through their prayers, right, they prayed the whole time, the French Revolution ended. And so uh, that's one example. Of course, we all know about Nazi Germany. But at, my point is, is that uh, we have a lot of questioning to do about what's going on nowadays and what the truth is. And I'm, you know, so we all need to be asking ourselves, you know, for example, when there's videos online about, uh, you know, severe neurological dis disorders happening and many deaths happening. And then all of a sudden those videos aren't there anymore. I just shared a video by Senator Ron Johnson, who's running a lot of uh, legal trials right now and defending people who have a lot of um, health problems and health damage from everything that's going on. And I shared it with a friend and she texted me, sure enough, she texted and she's like, that video is gone. It was taken down. And why? Why are they taking these videos down? Why are things being removed from the internet? Um, this is just another personal experience, but I've been, I've been plugged in and tuned in for since uh, December of 2020, 2019. So pretty much when all of the, the coronavirus things started happening, I was immediately skeptical as to what was going on. And I remember uh, in July coming across an article and then going on the Canadian website, the government website, and seeing that they had just purchased many, many, many guillotines. And I just went back to check that website, the same location, and now it says paper cutters. But they were, it was, I wish I could have screenshotted it because, um, you know, why, why, why are those things happening? So all that being said, um, we have a lot of peculiar experiences that we're having. And for the sake of our health, for the sake of our happiness, and for the sake of our souls, these are grave questions and grave matters. 
you know, I'll share a little personal uh, thing that I've been going through. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm losing all my hair. So I can grab my hair and gobs of it will come out. So I've, I've got like big bald spots and I don't know, you know, I was like, why am I losing? I have like a lot of thick hair. Why is this happening? Well, I got a blood test and uh, come to find out, you know, I'm, I'm extremely low, like bottom of the barrel and iron ferritin hemoglobin. And I was like, I wonder why that I've never had that problem. So lo and behold, the next day I tell one of my dearest friends and she says, we just got back from uh, the doctor yesterday and two of our four daughters had the exact same thing and tons of hair loss. And I was like, wait, that's not like, that's strange. So I called the doctor they saw because I've seen him before too. I gave him my blood test and he said, you would not believe how much I'm seeing this. I'm seeing it constantly coming in my doors. And so he gave me supplements to take and not a big deal, but that being said, why is that happening all of a sudden and across the board to so many healthy people, if you will. And so, you know, the explanation that I got was that there's a form of shedding happening from, um, from people's bodies where spike proteins are getting into my body, for example, and causing some, causing severe anemia. So that's just one example, but you know, there's just so many uh, controversial and questionable things happening. Wouldn't you say, Dawn, I mean, like you and I regularly share stories of things that were like, oh my goodness, like, wait, what's going on here, right? Yeah, yeah. no, well, it's crazy. As I'm listening to you, it reminded me of the time, and I think I shared this with you. So I know that, you know, unfortunately, you know, there's the there's no uh, pre-treatment, right? There's no early treatment for those that get COVID. And, uh, you know, and the really sad reality is that, you know, there is no early treatment. And so a lot of people are just left to get really sick. And then what ends up happening is they end up going into the hospital, um, which I kind of equate that to like, you know, a concentration camp of today, because truly people are being murdered there. And I know in particular, I've seen a lot of videos from doctors. I've seen a lot of information about the use of remdesivir and how that is something that's like shutting down people's kidneys. And it's, you know, really the kind of the, the catalyst, you know, to people um, ending up, you know, becoming really sick and whatnot and ending up being put on a vent and things like that. And, and again, I've read personal accounts of people who've shared how this has totally had their family member take a turn for the worse. And I remember I used to see that drug would be talked about and it would explain the side effects, the harmful side effects. And now when you look it up, it's like, it's hard. It's not even there. It's like just things are just disappearing about the dangers of that drug. And I have screenshots, I mean, of, you know, when I would go and find it, um, you know, and I would, you know, send it to people. I'm like, you gotta be careful because, uh, this is one of the things that they are using, um, to really make people just even more ill in the hospitals. And now it's like, you can't hardly find anything. It's crazy. It's just vanishing. Yes. And there's a reason that that information is all vanishing because there's an underlying agenda and behind that underlying agenda is a war, a battle, a spiritual battle. And so why do we bring all of this up? It's because we want to talk about the solutions today. And 
Um, and that being prayer. And so I want to go ahead and introduce my dear, dear, dear friend, Joey Bakowitz. He is such a blessing in my life. We've known each other for many years. We actually met through real estate. He's a successful real estate investor. I think he's been an investor for over 30 years. I went to a uh, real estate investing, like networking opportunity and met him there and uh, connected, stayed in touch, lost touch, and then reconnected right before I entered into Carmel. He might share a little bit about that, but you know, Joey, I would love for you to share with everybody your story because you've been on a powerful journey. You've really been at, at different ends of the spectrum. I mean, like you've made millions, you've lost millions, you've lived without God, you're now living with him and you're such a, a truth seeker, Joey. And I want people to hear your story and really how you've incorporated, like how you're fighting in the battle, how you've incorporated prayer into your life and how you got to that point, because we're all on a journey. And I think yours is particularly inspiring. So if you won't mind, Joey, go ahead, um, come on here and, and share with everybody a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, my name is uh, Joey Backwoods, been in Chicago all my life. Uh, was, um, I was telling Rebecca, I'm as close to virgin birth as you could get. My, you know, my mother got married when she was 36 and my father was, a Catholic and she was a virgin Catholic. We got married and like Jesus, I'm an only son, you know, and I was uh, brought up by God. But you are far from like, you're far from Jesus, Joey. <laughs> well, I, I know, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm just starting a journey. Okay. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I was brought up a Catholic and I, I spent, you know, I went to kindergarten through eighth grade um, at St. Stanislaus Cuska with the old time nuns. You know, there was it was filled with nuns. We probably had 30 nuns over there. And from there, I went to a, a Catholic high school called Weber High School. And I picked that because it was a college preparatory high school. And I had to travel to get there as opposed to walk to one and had a scholarship to Gordon. I could have walked to Trinity. But I wanted to get out of my neighborhood, which you can't afford to get into anymore. And then I went to Notre Dame, a Catholic university. And, um, you know, so I was raised a Catholic. I had great, extremely great role models in that they lived it, never promulgated it, and never questioned it. And, uh, you know, I went through education doing it. And then uh, you know, I fell away from the church. I mean, it just didn't make sense. It just really didn't, uh, you know, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. And then if you, if I could truncate my story a little bit, I'll start with, you know, with Rebecca quite recently, you know, like she said, we knew each other. We were friends. We attended some Catholic movies and we kept in touch and you know, and then, you know, I know she was at one time, you know, thinking of getting married and having a family. And I said, well, good. You know, I was really happy for her and all that. And then exactly a year ago, what, in two days, Thanksgiving, I am not, a, I have a fear of media, not media, like listening to TV and stuff, but technology and, 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 uh, internet and, you know, I, 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 God, God has taken care of me. He moved an IT guy and I, I'm Airbnb be in my house. I got an IT guy here who does everything for me over here. Does the Zell, does this, that God is sending me everybody, but I am going to tell you 
about the opening of the Red Sea, okay? <laughs> I woke up last Thanksgiving and I never go to Facebook. You know, I say, oh, you know how you gotta go to Facebook and you gotta, I never do that. I mean, I'll do it and I'll put, you know, I'll walk my dog and I wanna talk to my, my kids and my, my whole family, I'll, I'll do it. I woke up and I just said, I gotta go to Facebook. And you know, I pick up my phone and you know, I didn't even know what I was doing. I really didn't. I didn't know which buttons they hit and this and that. I open it up and there's Rebecca and she's saying, hey, I'm going to um, this Carmelite Order in Pennsylvania. I go, wow, this is, this is pretty good. But you know, I'm not the type of guy that you, know, you text and you carry on a conversation you know, with a text thing. And, I pick up the phone, I talk to people. I don't make lists. I pick up a phone. If you're not there, I'll leave you a message. You know? I call her and I says, Rebecca, what's going on? I, you know, I thought you were, what, you know, what's going on? Give me a call. She calls me back. I said, hey, what's going on? You know, you were you were living in the suburbs of Chicago. You're gonna get married. You know, I cut off all I was, you know, really happy for you, you know, this net. What are you doing? So she says she's going to, you know, she's gonna join the Carmelites. Um, you know, for a year and then they were going to, you know, she says, yes, they say yes, they keep around and all that. He said, well, good. So then uh, she says, well, Joey, uh, what's going on? And um, it, this, that could be the dividing point in my life. My life before that was empty. And my life after that is on the path of fulfillment. Okay, but I mean, I, I've been doing readings and my life was empty before that and everything should be okay for me. You know, it should be okay for me. I got no problems with kids, nothing like this. You know, I make millions, lose millions, da, 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 you know, all this stuff. But the, the surprising thing in my journey is that, Rebecca, was that? It was just about a week before, right? Before they, you got locked up, right? Uh, and uh, we talked, what, maybe once a day, sometimes twice a day. And I just told her, and, you know, um, I was really at, at the bottom. I mean, I was really at the bottom. And uh, when you think of all the Catholicism that I had in my life, you know, if I had to define my Catholicism, I was a, a George Carlin Catholic, okay? You know, I got a buddy that's doing eternity because he ate a bologna sandwich on Friday. You know, he's got some other racier ones too, and all you know, and all this. But uh, basically, what Rebecca just she just nobody tells you what to do except they tell you what not to do. Okay, she just said, "Look, Joey, you know," she said she liked me. That's why she hung around with me. She thinks I'm a good guy and all this stuff, right? But she says, "Look, until you make God number one in your life, nothing's gonna work." And I'll tell you, you know, they, they talk about Murphy's law. If anything can go wrong, it would go wrong. I mean, I have been on the edge of being really successful many times, many times. I mean, very, and the rug was always pulled out at the last minute by crazy stuff, you know? And then my head's been on the chopping block many times. I mean, you talk about the guillotine. I won't have a gun in the house because I'm too volatile. I don't, you know, if, if I buy a guillotine, right, you know, just call the priest, tell him, look at this guy's dangerous. He's got the guillotine, you know, 
but my head's been on a chopping block. And at the last minute, just like Isaac and, and what is dad Abraham, the angel of God pulled it away. And Rebecca basically started talking to me about a little bit, which I was trying to understand was the spiritual warfare. Okay. And the spiritual warfare, you know, it's not like a Batman movie or anything like that where you got the good and the bad, but there really is, you got to basically ask yourself, do you really think there's a devil? Do you really think there's angels? And do you think there's a spiritual end of it? And if you say yes, then I think you got to buy in. I think you have to buy in or you're going to be empty. Life's going to be out, out there, whatever. But, you know, I feel my life has uh, always been a, a, you know, a tug of war between good and evil. But the, the point being is you're not conscious of it. You know, like I was mentioning before, Kevin Spacey and uh, uh, the, the usual suspects, he said the biggest crime ever is when the devil told, had to convince the world that he didn't exist. Okay. So the first thing Rebecca said is, okay, just, you know, she didn't, we didn't get into any deep stuff or anything like that. But she says, look, you got to make God number one in your life because his will, he has you want, wanting you to do something. Okay. I said, okay, good. And then uh, she directed me to basically uh, something that I call the Latin mass. And, um, you know, I went to a couple uh, parishes that had the Latin mass and stuff like that. And I started meeting some people that I really liked hanging out with, you know, people, um, you know, I always, people say, who's your, you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of people every place I go and I start stuff and, and do that. And I'm getting to know people at these different parishes and they go, well, who's your spiritual director, father who? I go, no, I got Rebecca's my spiritual director. And, and you know, she's a kicked out Carm Carmelite young. And I got this young Indian guy, he's a 29 year old in, guy from India, an engineer and an MBA. And he uh, is in Georgetown, he just graduated Georgetown and he's doing some Greenpeace stuff so he could save the world. And these two are, and um, I said, look, it's, they're authentic. They're authentic, they live it. You know, when you say somebody walks the walk, yeah, okay, yeah, everybody walks the walk. You know, you fake it till you make it, you walk the walk and all. But it's hard to find, it's really hard to find authentic people. And you could define that any way you want, that they're for real, they're whatever. And um, so, you know, I, I joined these two places and then after a while, I get this box delivered to me and Rebecca sent me a thing called divine intimacy. I said, okay, I, I opened it up and it's a book written by a, um, a Carmelite uh, priest. And it's a translation of something that's hundreds of years old or something of the Carmelite order. But to me, it's probably the most important book. I know you're supposed to say the Bible and do all this and that, but Stories are good, start, stories sell. But I'll tell you what, when it comes to defining, how do you define prayer? There are more definitions and I've never learned what prayer was. And I don't think it's a static definition. I think it has something to do with an, a, 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 an aspirant, somebody who wants 
to get connected to God. And God is somebody that is part of the spiritual world, okay? Okay, great. He's part of the spiritual world. There's all kinds of spiritual people running around over there. But until I got the direction and the tutelage or whatever from Rebecca, the difference is, you know, and I always used to struggle. Oh, why do you have all, you know, you go to church and you pray and, you know, one of the churches, I just spent a quarter of a million dollars on the St. Joseph um, shrine statue. Quarter of a million, you know how many people you could feed for a quarter of a million dollars? But what Rebecca told me, look, that's kind of what, what heaven's supposed to look like. That's the spiritual realm. And then I was asking, you know, sort of asking, you know, I, I've been asking people, you know, I had friends that belonged to that uh, Christian um, organization where they fill up uh, football stadiums, you know, and they pray together and they hold hands, you know, and they, they do all that. You know, what is prayer? You know, years, I've always been a seeker. I've been reading stuff. And this, this Scott Peck wrote a book a long time ago, um, A Road Less Traveled, okay? And it was about, basically about human love. He said, prayers when we talk to God, grace is when he talks to us. I mean, that seems like, okay, is that in Webster Dictionary? Is that, is that how you connect with the spiritual? No. It's, you know, people... They, 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 it's, it's like an abstract concept, you know, and then, but how do you connect? I've never connected. I did connect in, I, I'm just using the word, I'm trying to be generic, is with the Latin mass. But there are people out there, there are some priests out there, and there's people out there that are trying to bring the sacred back into life. Okay, and, and, and to the human life, and, and I've been, since this, I, I'm almost getting rid of all my business books, and I'm, I love reading bi uh, biographies of the saints. I hate reading the theology, man. I'm telling you, I read a half hour of that, I make notes, I write, I do this and that, and, you know, it's hard stuff. But um, what is grace? Okay, how do you connect? Grace is in Rebecca, you're probably gonna hit the buzzer and cut me off over here. I'm reading read about a guy named Thomas Merton. Okay. They don't like him, but guess what? He explores all this stuff. The first part of his book, his biography, is uh, a seven-story mountain, and it talks about his life and his kids and uh, not kids, but uh, his uh, as a kid, how he grew the most boring stuff in the world. Boring. You open up the next chapter. And in three pages, he hits you what grace is. Grace is getting into the life of God. There's other people say it's being a friend of God. And then, you know, when he talks about it and he talks to his friends, his friends were, um, he had Buddhist friends. I mean, like heavy duty Buddhist friends. He had heavy duty Hindu friends. And, and, and um, you know, he, he, he talks to all of them and, you know, but, but what he says is that we've got the edge. There's all kinds of ways to reach God. Listen, you know, the Hindus are spiritual. They, they have this. We got the edge because I was always asking, why does, if you were God, you want everybody saying, hey, you're great. Oh, you're wonderful. Praise glory. You know, this, if you're God, why do you want all this stuff? 
Well, guess what? He gave us his, his son. And why did, why did, why was he the most humble person? Why was he born in a stable, you know, with, with donkeys and whatever geese running around and all this stuff. And why was, why was he, this was what we had to do to break the spiritual barrier. You know, like you had this mind body barrier here. It's hard to break. Well, you had to break it. And what I'm getting is Christ is the guy that, that broke it. Okay. And, um, you know, they got, to, they got the catechism and, and they're talking, they got all the theories about, uh, you know, the Holy Trinity and all that. Hey, believe it or don't believe it, because if you think you're going to figure it out, you ain't no Albert Einstein. I'll tell you, you ain't going to figure it out, but it's for real. It's for real. And I, I you know, I talked to Rebecca. Now we, I try not to call her every day, but we, we talk a lot. But you can feel you could feel what I guess you call it the peace of God. You could feel the grace. You could feel it happening. And, um, you know, I, I think the best thing about Rebecca is the confidence she gave me in Catholicism. It's the con, you know, it's confidence in Catholicism, not doubt and not faith, but I'll tell, I'll tell you what, uh, she told me that if I make God number one in my life, I could be anything that I want. And she she and me and one other person, I needed a miracle in my life. I mean, not a, a good turn, not this and that. I needed a miracle. And the miracle was 10 times bigger and better than I ever thought. And my head was on a chopping block on a Wednesday. I was ready to whatever. I just was done. <laughs> By Thursday, I was flying. I was flying. And, you know, you know, Rebecca's, well, it was actually sunny, but reinforced by Becca about Padre Pio. Okay. That was the first book I read after I got out of um, this retreat, this retreat with these brothers. And he says, pray hope. And then, hey, don't worry about it. You know, and this was the guy, and I go, look at who the heck's going to be like this guy? You know, he's 10 years old. He's talking to his guardian angels. You know, me, when I was 10 years old, I think I was probably talking to one of Satan's kids or something, you know. And I said, if this guy's 10% real, and he's been around. I mean, he just died 50 years ago or whenever he died. If this guy's only 10% real, I'm in. Amen. Amen. And then, you know, Rebecca was saying I was supposed to go with a, with a good friend of mine to this retreat. And at the last minute, he had to go visit a buddy of his. The guy's our age. He had to go visit. And Rebecca and his guy said, look, God doesn't want me to go because he wants me to go here. And you're going to meet somebody. And I met this guy, Sonny Neelam. And I don't know how to define him. Other than he's a charismatic Catholic or something like that. And, you know, he, he when it comes to prayer, you know, um, there's, there's Rebecca, there's Sonny, and there's Divine Intimacy, the book. And if I cannot believe there's Catholic priests out there that don't know about Divine Intimacy, okay? 
And Joy, I just want to clarify something you're saying, because when it comes to prayer, I know Sunny and I have been great influences in your life and answering questions about prayer and all that. But for our listeners, um, they're not going to be able to call me and Sunny. But what they, but what you, I would love for you to share, you know, what like the fruitfulness of your prayer or, you know, what it's done for your sense of peace, where you went from um, really being in a place of rock bottom to, being, being where you are now, which, you know, when you call me so full of life, it's always so exciting. And it sounds like too, you've met a lot of community and just people okay, like-minded. Here, and- let's, let's define prayer and, and, dis- and, and dissect it. Okay. One of the things I got out of that book is this thing called aridity. What, what is it? You know, being in a desert, it's dry. You know, you got to eat a grasshopper. What, you know, <laughs> you know, what is aridity? Aridity is when you're praying and it's you, you feel like you're not getting anything out of it. You feel like you're not contributing. You feel like it's perfunctory. You're going through the motions. You're thinking about this. You're thinking about that. You go, what am I doing this stuff for? You know, God's going to be mad at me. He's not. When you're doing that, it's as powerful as if you were singing a uh, uh, Gregorian chant because God is at the other end. And he's over there, and it's his job to give us grace, okay? We don't get it. There ain't, there ain't a, a quid quo pro. There ain't a quid quo pro. Sometimes you got it, sometimes you don't, but it's his job to give it to us. And they, well, basically, prayer is part of it, but the other part of it, I got it from my readings, and I got it from Sonny, and I got it. I got it. Hey, when you have any doubt, go to, go to Mass, go to Communion. And then, you know, I... Um, I'm trying to go to mass, I uh, go to confession, you know, once a week, which you're telling me about, but I'm over there. Hey, I didn't commit any mortal sins this week, man. I'm cool. I don't have to go to confession. You go to confession, you feel good. And the, here, here's the thing about prayer too. I have heard about this adoration stuff all my life. Okay. And then you told me, what was it? Maybe it had something to do with the, uh, not the Lent stuff, but with the- um, The 40 days, 40 hours. The 40, yeah, yeah, yeah. 40 hours. And I said, what am I supposed to do go over there? I, you know, I, I say two, sometimes I say two, three rosaries a day. No, you just, you just have to sit there. You just have to sit there. Listen, Jesus, God, every, you know, all, everybody, they, they got their own responsibility, but the turning point of me is that you ain't worth nothing without God. He, if you, if he ain't part of it, it ain't gonna work. And you could, you could say, oh, you know, what about uh, all these guys that are billionaires that are doing all this and that? Hey, you know, when it comes to the spiritual warfare stuff, they, they subconsciously could be working for the devil. I don't know, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna promulgate that stuff. But I'll tell you, if God has something for you to do, you better do it. You better do it. The question is, how do you figure out what is he wants you to do? It ain't written on a wall. You know, he doesn't give you give you the give it to you on the top of a mountain and you got to listen to a fire bush. It ain't happening to me. So I just say, hey, tell me about it. what do you want me to do? I'll do it. OK, I'll do it. Just tell me. But, you know, what is this? An Easter egg hunt? You know, come on, let us know. You know, let us know what it is. But um, I think, you know, what Thomas Merton said, basically, we got the edge. 
we got the edge. A lot of people can find God. We got mass, we got communion, and we got the most powerful force that was ever, or maybe the second most, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And quite frankly, I went to Notre Dame, so I got the edge. You know, she's on my side, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, hey, listen, I thank you. I thank you every day, and I think I'm going to be thanking you for eternity. But, um, Joey, gotta, I love this. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to you got it. There's grace is not a, a definition, it's not God talking to you. It's, you know, everybody could be, everybody could be a saint. Okay. And you don't have to be, you don't have to get the, um, not the imprimatur, the uh, stigmata. You don't have to fast. You don't have to live in a desert and eat grasshoppers. You know, and I'll tell you what, there's a, there's a lot of saints that if I had to, I could do what they could do. But if they had to go through life with, you know, I don't want yeah, but I've had a pretty rough life. I had a great life and a good life. But um, I think the, the biggest thing that we need to be out there is that whatever you're doing, if you're, you're suffering, and you're, you're, you're raising three kids by yourself, and, and you, you've got some physical handicap, you got all this. You know, my question is, is it got to be voluntary or involuntary? Well, if it's happened to you, it's probably because God wants it to happen to you in order for you to get there. And it's not that, um, you know, it's all, oh, if there's a God, why do we have all this stuff? Uh-uh. Listen to this Rippinger, Rippinger guy. You know, God could get rid of the devil anytime he wants, but the devil's, I don't know if he's doing his work or something, but he's got his job cut out. I mean, I guess if we were in paradise, everything was good. And then, you know, even made Joey bite an apple because I was going to be real smart. And now we're all goofed up. I don't know if that, you know, if that's the case, but I'll, I'll tell you, my life went from empty in Thanksgiving of last year to Thanksgiving of this year, man, I, I tell you, I, uh, you know, I, I just, I feel strong <clears throat> and I'm getting confident. And as a fa father, this father, Joshua, one of my priests, when I talked to him, you know, he says, Joey, grace is like a waterfall. And right now you've got a shot glass, <laughs> but that shot glass is powerful. Okay. That's it. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Oh, Joey, that's so good. And I just to give a glimpse into my perspective, last year I was in Pennsylvania. I was um, on my own staying at the caretaker's house. They were gone for Thanksgiving. So I was, I was just doing my own thing on Thanksgiving Day and I get this call from Joey and and you know, he was sharing a little bit about where he was at. And uh, and I I distinctly remember just saying, until you make God number one, everything nothing and you're going to have disorder. There will be disorder exactly. in your life inevitably until you make God number one. And yes. he's like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. What do I do then? Yeah. But what do I do? Yeah. And I said, well, this is what you do. There's a church in your, in Chicago. I sent him to a specific church and, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I really want him to go there. So I said, in fact, the pastor, Father Joshua, he doesn't know I'm entering Carmel. So if you can go and find him and tell him that you're, uh, that I'm entering Carmel, that'd be wonderful and, and a gift and ask him to pray for me. So Joey says, okay, I'll, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it tomorrow morning. I texted him the time of mass. So Joey goes 
well, and there's a, an order of men in this parish. So there's probably, I don't know, 12 or 15 of them. They all wear long black cassocks. So I, I remember sending Joey there and I'm thinking, we'll see if he goes, you know? So we, we hang up and three minutes later, and Joey and I have always kind of had this relationship. He's from Chicago. So we're just, we're really direct with each other. And he calls me back and he goes, Rebecca, I got one more question for you. And, and I'm like, I pick up, I'm like, yeah, Joey, what now? What, like, what do you want? And he's like, I, I need you to tell me. I would, I read this book about mother Teresa. Do you want to tell the story, Joey, or do you want me? Oh, to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I said, look, does do, do you know anybody who has better karma than mother Teresa? She's 19 years old. She's, uh, she's from Serbia. She's, uh, she's with these uh, Irish nuns or whatever in Albania. And she's ecstatic. You know, there were, I, I thought they'd have to put bricks on her legs to keep her down. She's married to Christ. She's ecstatic. She's, everything's glorious. She's probably touching on the beatific vision. She's happy. Okay, all right. Then she goes to India and she's teaching and she's doing all this stuff and, you know, it's okay. Then she gets sick and she's going to Jarling or Darling or whatever that, where the tea comes from. Darjeeling. Darjeeling. Yeah, that place too. And she comes and her mother tells her, hey, listen, you know, I, I'm glad you're a teacher, but remember why you went there? You went there to help the poor, right? So she gets involved with it. Two books. She goes to her confessor and why has God forsaken me? Why has God dropped me? I'm all by myself. I'm cold. My heart is frozen. What is it? And then, you know, I, I called Rebecca and told her, I said, look, they asked Mother Teresa, why does she pray for every three hours when she should add another three hours to the 14 hours a day she's helping the, you know, the kids and, and all this? She says, I need that so I could carry out the rest of my mission, okay? And then, you know, th there's the, the suffering end of it. And, and um, you know, people got to tie in. With, listen, you could suffer all kinds of ways. I mean, th there's all kinds of ways to suffer. Um, there's so tell all everybody what you asked me, Joey. Do you remember? You said, Rebecca, I read these books on Mother Teresa and she was in the dark night of the soul. She was in such darkness. Why would God do that to anybody? And you said, I've asked so many people, why would God do that to Mother Teresa? She's so good. Then why would he abandon her? And your answer? And I said, Joey, it's, it's simple. It's because all of us should have the goal to become more and more like Christ, but only to those who have the greatest intimacy with him does he share the heaviness of his cross. And don't you remember on the cross right before he died, he said, Forgive my God, them. my God, why have you forsaken yeah, me? Yeah, 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 and he only shares that cross with a select number of the ones he loves the most. And that's the gift he gave Mother Teresa. And that's yeah, why yeah. she's a saint. And then yeah, Joey yeah. goes, that's it. That's it. You're the first one. You finally answered my question. Okay, great. Bye. And he hangs up. <laughs> I was like, all right, see ya. <laughs> 
And so the, the next day, Joey goes to, to St. John Cantius and, and he, he calls me afterwards and he's like, you didn't tell me there were like 15 guys who all look the same. I'm going up to him and I'm like, are you Father Joshua? Are you Father Joshua? Are you Father Joshua? And then some brother takes him in the basement and they're talking and, and, and Joey's like, all right, I got to go. I got to find Father Joshua, but where's the restroom? Joey comes out of the restroom and runs into another guy. And he's like, they're talking for 15 minutes. And then he's like, I got to go. I got to find Father Joshua. And the guy goes, I am Father Joshua. <laughs> That's true, yes. Yeah. And then Joey went to confession after, I don't know how many years, Joey. What it was, I don't months, either. But I told him, you have to go to confession because here's the thing. You need sanctifying grace. And having been baptized and raised Catholic, you had the sacraments. It was literally, it, it was like that. You could get back to having a full, be full of sanctifying grace through the sacrament of confession. That's all that it takes is one confession to bring you back and to receive all those graces. And so Joey went to confession. Uh, I don't know if it was that day or that week. And then from there has been to mass and confession regularly. Why? Because it's a source of grace. It's a form of prayer. Uh, confession specifically is just like opening the floodgates of mercy. I know there's a lot of misconceptions about confession and we can talk about that on another episode. But the point is, is that the sacraments are channels of grace. And Joey has now opened up all of these channels of grace in his life. And so that's why he's so happy and full. That's why he has this sense of purpose. And it was beautiful for me to see Joey start to ask the question, God, what do you, what do you want me to do with my life? I'll do it. And that's a question we all should be asking. And that's a prayer. And it's a powerful prayer. Watch out when you start praying that because he'll send you to India. He'll send you to convents. He'll send you all over the place to carry out his purpose for you. And it's all for the salvation of souls because God loves each one of you so much that he wants intimacy. He wants a personal relationship. He wants to be with you for eternity. That's what he wants. And the way that that happens is through knowing him, loving him, serving him so that he can do the same even more a hundredfold. He will love you a hundredfold more. He will serve you a hundredfold more. You will have you know, eye has not seen, ear has not heard what we will have when we enter the kingdom of heaven and the goodness of that. But that happens when we know him. And that's why prayer is so important. And that's why what Joey's done is so powerful because he's now on that path of fulfilling God's will for his life. And when, when Joey dies, which he will, and I will, and Don will, and you will, when that happens, God will not say, I depart from me. I do not know you. That's from scripture. Depart from me. I do not know you. We do not want to hear those words. What we want to hear is well done. My good and faithful servant come into my kingdom. And that's, you know, that's what we're shooting for. And it's, it's all it's, you know, the thing about prayer is, and Don, I know you have some questions for me. So I don't want to get too far off topic here, but the thing about prayer is it's all about the intention. It's not about rattling off a bunch of words. It's not about checking all these boxes of things that you need to do. It's about the fact that God wants that intimacy with us and we can have that with him through various forms. And so with that, John, why don't I let you ask, ask a couple questions so that we stay on track here and keep ourselves on time. Okay, I, uh, real, real quick. 
real quick with what you just said. In another book that you told me to read that I'm reading, The Abandonment to the Divine Providence. Yes. This is this should be a subject of, of it. The good thief and the bad thief. Good, they did the same crimes. One went to heaven and the other did it, and it was his intention. And you said intention. You know, mm-hmm. it was the intention behind it. The other thing is my first confession was an hour and 27 minutes. <laughs> and then I did a second one, and one of the fathers there had a stroke the next day. There's no correlation, and I'm not trying. But man, I'll tell you, it uh, it is a sacrament. It is a sacrament. And the thing that you told me, Rebecca, is that it's not a priest in there. It's Christ in there. Jesus is in there. And they're just, you know, it's like. In persona Christi. They're they're Mm -hmm. just the the mannequin over there that's, uh, you know. They're the instrument. They're (laughs) the instrument. Okay, I'm done. Thank you very much. You're so awesome, Joy. I was like taking notes on so many of the things that you just shared. And, uh, you know, I just, I love just the emphasis again, and going back to what Rebecca shared with you about making God number one. And that's when everything, you know, just, you have so much clarity, so much more confidence, so much more peace um, when you make God number one. And, you know, it's just so crazy. Even just when I think about just my own journey and just, you know, being called to move to Florida to sell my dream home and, uh, you know, come down here and uh, it's been hard. And, you know, it's so amazing at Rebecca's obedience to pick up the phone and call me and connect me with an amazing church down here. And, and we're making awesome friends too. So I appreciate that. And, you know, before I dive into these questions, one thing that I want to say, because I know, again, being kind of the baby Christian here, is that I really struggled with prayer in general. Like, I didn't know how I'm supposed to hold my hands. I didn't know if I should talk out loud. Like, um, and so it's been a real journey for me the last 10 years, just even getting comfortable with prayer. And what's so crazy, you guys, just the timing of this podcast is that this past weekend, I went to, um, my daughter goes to Ohio State. And uh, it was my very first Ohio State Buckeye game. And they uh, destroyed Michigan. I think there was like five touchdowns in the first five minutes. It was crazy. But what was so amazing and beautiful, again, just about obedience, is that I went to the bathroom and there was this woman on the ground. She was probably my age in her, well, I'm 50 now. She's, yeah, I guess in her fifties. But she was beautiful. And she was sitting on the floor right underneath like the hand dryers over by the sinks. And she just had her hand and her head in her hands and she was crying. And I just was like, oh my gosh, like this poor woman, like what's wrong with her? And so I just felt God saying, you need to go up to her. Like you need to check on her. And so I went up to her And, you know, like around that same time, I just felt God saying, you need to pray for her. You need to ask her if you can pray for her. And I'm sitting here arguing with God. I'm like, I've never prayed for anyone before, you know, like in public, like I've never prayed for a stranger and I'm sitting here kind of arguing. And he's like, you need to ask her to pray for her. And so literally as I just, it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, hi, I'm like, is there anything I can do? I'm like, can I pray for you? And, And keep in mind, like, I was like asking her, like, are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? I know you don't know me. Like I was saying these things and she wasn't really responding. But when I said, can I pray for you? She picked up her head and she looked at me and she's like, yes, yes, I would love that. And this blonde woman happened to come over at this exact moment. And so this lady kneels down and here we are just holding hands. And I prayed out loud in a bathroom on the floor for the first time ever at 50 years old for another person. 
And, you know, again, it's just like, like, I think some of you guys might be listening to this going, I've never prayed for anybody before. You know, I, I you're so worried about you're going to do it right, or you're going to do it wrong, or what am I supposed to say? Or what, how am I supposed to do my hands? And, and I'm a former English professor. And so sometimes I get caught up in all the semantics and all of the like technicalities that I've just been frozen in fear. And guys, I just want to really encourage you to just do it. Like, because it was so beautiful um, what happened at that game and, you know, how God was able to use me um, in that situation. Um, so again, you know, I just really want to remind you guys that there's no perfect way. Um, and so Rebecca, I would love for you to just kind of reflect on you know, what are some different ways that people can pray? Because, you know, we may have listeners like me, you know, who are going, I know I need to pray, but I don't know how, and I don't know what that looks like. So I would love to hear your perspective on that. Sure. Absolutely, Don. Well, so there's so many different ways to pray in so many different forms. And you know, God doesn't want anybody to be afraid of praying. First and foremost, I guess it would be very important to clarify that prayer is to Jesus Christ. It's to God, the father, it's to the Holy spirit. The Holy Trinity is God. And that's who we pray to. We don't pray to a Hindu God. We don't pray to a Buddhist God. We don't pray to anybody other than the Holy Trinity, the Blessed Trinity. Now, as Catholics, and I know this can be a controversial thing, they'll say like, oh, what about, you know, praying to saints? Praying to saints is different because um, it'd be like if I called you up, Dawn, and I said, hey, can you pray for me? Because I broke my leg, whatever. And you'd say, yeah, absolutely. Or it's the same thing. Like, I'm sure you have pictures all around your house of your family and your loved ones. Well, we have the saints who have already run the race. They've won. They are in heaven with Jesus. So if I say, uh, St. Joseph, please pray for me. He, just like I I would ask Dawn to pray for me. I can ask those who have gone before us to pray for me just because they're not physically here on earth. They are closer to Jesus and in heaven, they're already there with him. So their intercession for us is very powerful and they want us to be in heaven with them too. They want us to glorify God, to receive his goodness. And so the saints are such a blessing. So we can ask for saintly intercession and certain saints, you know, it's beautiful because just think about it. Like once you, you know, these saints have made it to heaven, they know how hard it is here on earth. They know the rigor, they know the suffering, they know the cross. So they, they have a lot of sympathy and empathy and compassion for us who are still here in the trials of this earth. And so they want to help us still. And that's how, but so back to my point, which is we pray to God when we pray and there's different forms of prayer. So there is vocal prayer, which would be reciting, like, let's say the, our father, for example, and reciting words, then there is uh, meditation. So a common misconception nowadays is that meditation is like trying to remove everything from your mind or like sitting there and not thinking about anything. That's not what meditation is. Meditation is when you take a specific aspect of the spiritual life and you meditate on it, you contemplate it, you 
you think through it, you can imagine it. So, you know, we have the rosary, for example, and the rosary, if I have my rosary right here. So a rosary has 15 decades. Well, one decade is praying five, five, our uh, five, it's praying one, our father, 10 Hail Marys and a glory be. Well, on each decade, you meditate on a mystery of the life of Christ. So the rosary is powerful because we're, we're coming to know the life of Christ so much more by meditating on the mysteries of his life. So meditation is powerful because when you're meditating, like, for example, let's say I meditate on the first joyful mystery of the rosary, the annunciation, when the angel Gabriel visited Mary and asked her to be the mother, if she would be the mother of God in Luke chapter two. While I meditate on that, I can contemplate and go deeper and the Holy Spirit can guide my meditation and help me to know Christ better. How powerful is that? Meditation is so beautiful. So the rosary isn't just, you know, reciting a bunch of words over and over and hail Mary, hail Mary, hail Mary. It is placing yourself in a disposition of receptivity and contemplating mysteries of our faith. And they are endless. We can pick any, you can pick any spiritual maxim to, to meditate on. And that is so powerful. And then thirdly, you know, another form of prayer is contemplation and contemplation in a sense is what Joy referred to when he spoke about going to adoration. You can do, you know, you can do contemplative prayer anywhere, but Contemplative prayer is a different disposition because it's placing yourself in the presence of God, acknowledging his re the reality of his being, his presence to us. Right now, he's looking at each one of us. He's with us. And to um, contemplative prayer actually isn't something we do. It's something God does when we allow him to do it. And there are many, I'm, you know, I'm not a, a saint or an expert on any of these things, but there are many powerful books on contemplative prayer from uh, Teresa of Avila and John of the Cross and, and, and several others, you know, the interior castle uh, that teach about contemplative prayer. But vocal prayer is the first level of prayer. So everybody should aspire to move beyond vocal prayer to meditation and from meditation to contemplation. And in contemplation, because you're in a disposition of receptivity before God, you allow him to work. You allow him to communicate with you. You allow him to, 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 cultivate in your soul and in your being who he's created you to be and to carry out to carry out his will there's an intimacy there it's like when you when you love someone so much say your spouse or a, when a child of yours you can be with them and you don't have to say a word it's like you just want to sit with them you just want to be by them there's I, I don't remember if it was um saint john vianney it was he said like what do you Oh yeah, because he, you know, he would sit in the church for hours and just look at God. And they, they said like, what are you doing? And he said, I look at him and he looks at me. And one time they asked St. Therese the same question, what are you doing in contemplative prayer? And she says, nothing. I'm just loving him and receiving his love. And so uh, contemplative prayer is just, once you get a taste of it, you can't live without it because it's so, so powerful. And um, 
Let me think if there's anything else I, I wanted to say about, about any of that. Okay, so lastly, I remember when I first started to pray, I had a priest ask me, and I was probably like 20, I was praying before this, but okay, so I, I was doing my best at prayer. And I had a priest say like, so when you pray, like, what do you do? How do you pray? And I, I told him, I was like, oh, you know, like, I'll say thank you to God. I'll say, um, you know, please bless my family, or I'll ask him for things I need help with. And he was like, okay, that's all great. And that there's nothing wrong with any of those. However, there's a great, there's more. And everything I was praying at that time was all about me. Thank you for this. Please do this. Help me with that. And what this priest taught me was take your disposition and turn it from yourself towards God in a disposition of receptivity. And so sit, so he taught me to sit with him and he gave me four phrases to help cultivate contemplative prayer in my life. So he would say, go before the blessed sacrament or in your room when you're at home. And you can use these four phrases. Number one, you are God. Think of it. If you, if you, you know, let's say you're dating somebody or when you were dating your spouse, if the whole time they just asked for things for themselves and talked about themselves, that'd be like really frustrating and you probably wouldn't want to marry them. But if they look at you and say, you are beautiful or you are strong, I respect you, I love you, that's turned towards the other. And so to sit with God, you are God. And in that, allow the attribute, you know, like, so what does that reality mean? You are God acknowledge the, the reality of you are, you are, you are truth. You are peace. You are the way you, uh, you are my source. You are simple. The attributes of God to know God, the more, you know, someone, the more you can love them. And the next statement, number two, is you are here. So acknowledging the reality, God, you are here in my presence. There's such a difference. You know, here we're all on electronic devices connected on Zoom. Could you imagine if we were all in the same room? It would be even more, it would be so much better. God is truly present, literally right next to us. Yesterday was the Feast of St. Cecilia. And I never heard this story before, but it was so awesome. So Father said in his homily yesterday, St. Cecilia, she got married and her husband on their wedding night was like, she told him, she's like, I preserve, you know, I took a vow of virginity and I told my guardian angel that, you, you know, I need him to protect me and to protect my virginity. And the husband's like, and he was a pagan and he's like, wait, you know, like what the heck? And she, he, she, she said, if you, he's like, how can I know that that's true? And she said, if you, if you want to see my angel, then, you know, you have to be baptized. Well, he, this is a true story. He goes to the Pope, he gets baptized he comes back and when he arrives at home, he sees his wife, Cecilia, and right next to her, her angel. And he was like, and because he saw his angel, he's like, he knew, like he was infused. He knew the truth. So he went to his brother and then his brother went and got baptized and they ended up both becoming martyrs and saints for the faith. But that once again, an example of the spiritual reality that's there that we do not see. One time I heard a priest say, we are not 
human beings who have a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And so when I'm adoring, when I'm contemplating, when I'm sitting before God, sometimes the place that I start is acknowledging the truth. God, you are the alpha and the omega. You're the beginning and the end. You are the first and the last. You have always been. And as the alpha and the omega, our creator, you created me, Rebecca. You loved me so much that you created me. Why? Because you wanted to be with me for eternity. That should be at the bedrock foundation of our prayer, because that is why we do everything. It is for that intimacy and end of being united with Christ forever and the Holy Trinity in heaven with all of the saints and all of their glory. But when we go before God, these are mysteries to contemplate and to digest and to assume into our being. So they transform who we are and we become more who we were meant to be, and we become more like Christ. And so, uh, Jesus, you are God. Jesus, you are here. The third one is Jesus, you are love. I think we all could stand to receive more love in our life. He is the endless source of love. He is love. And so to acknowledge that that is our source is vitally important so that we can tap into that. So we can receive that. So we can be confirmed in who we are in our identity. Because one time I heard a priest say at a retreat, he said, the devil always attacks at the level of our identity. He wants, you know, he wants Dawn, he wants you to, to question your yourself and tempt you into getting breast implants. Or he wants, Joey, he wants you to question your identity and how it relates to how successful you are in business or and these are all temptations to take us away of who God created us to be. But we want to be always forging that in ourselves and in our children. Like Joey always says, like the most important thing when you're parenting is raising confident kids because if they don't have confidence. They don't, you know, they're not going to make it in the world. And he, that confidence is vitally important and acknowledging Jesus, you are love and sitting in the presence of love that is God and allowing that to seep into your pores so that he can do what he wants. And the final statement that this priest gave me, number four is Jesus, you are everything. You know, in the, in this day and age where there's so much anxiety and fear and turmoil, prayer is so important because it's our source of peace. It's also our source to stay connected because we do not know the day nor the hour. None of us knows the day nor the hour. And I'm not just talking about when Christ will come again, but I'm also talking about each one of our day and hour. There was a horrific tragedy that happened this week in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And it's just, it's heart-wrenching that a man chose to drive around a barricade and plow through a parade, running over people, children, adults, five people dead this uh, two days ago. Now, those five people who are no longer with us on this earth, they did not expect that to happen. They went to that parade to have a great day. 
we don't know if their souls were prepared, but they did not have time to even think about it. And heaven forbid, God forbid that happens to any of us that we don't have time to prepare for our death. You know, something I pray every night is to be prepared, to be prepared for my death, to have a holy death. But those five people, they didn't have that opportunity. Were they, were they in the state of sanctifying grace? Do the, did they know God? You, you know, it's so vitally important that, uh, that we are living a life daily so that when that moment comes, whether we are able to prepare or not, when we meet him, we can, and we make account for how we spent our days. We can say, I know you, I sat with you. I received your grace, your gifts, your love. I attempted to do your will. I did my best. I run the race and I've run it to win. That's what we want to be able to say. And the only way that that happens is if we're praying and we're praying on a daily basis. So those are just a few thoughts on prayer. I could probably talk a lot longer, but for the sake of time, Dawn, that's my two cents. These are so good. And I'm a total nerd. Like I, I was hanging on to every word that you shared about the three different types of prayer. And then I loved how you, cause like I'm vocal, right. And I, the meditation, the meditative part, I'm expanding into that, but the contemplative, like that was so good, the contemplation. And so I went and like made little cards already. Cause I'm like, I want these, like you are love, like you are like, these are the kind of things like being a baby kind of Christian. I'm like, this was so helpful, Rebecca. And even just to like, have like the different three types. And because I really want to challenge myself to get into that contemplation. I just, oh, that was so stinking good. So I hope there are other nerds on here like me that took that and is going to put them on index cards. Cause that's one of the things, you know, when we bought this house, I just really felt God. I know I touched on this one, one of the other podcasts, but even though my closet, you guys, is like a fifth of the size of my old house and my other huge closet. I have this teeny tiny closet. And God's like, I need you to make a little prayer area. And like, I didn't even have that in my other huge closet. He's like, no, I, you need to have a prayer space. And I'm like, why? And this was before Rebecca even called. But I'm like, this right here, this is going to sit on my desk. And I'm so grateful that you shared this. Thank you so much. Um, yes. Well, Don, what I'll say about that too is, you know, like just the other day I was having, I was having a difficult day and I was just like, I was a little, I was unsettled. Yeah. I was not at peace. I, I was a little agitated. I was like, you know, and I don't know what that, you know, where that was coming from. I don't know. What I do know is I knew nothing else is going to be good until I go and just spend time with God. And, and I used those four things because I felt like I couldn't just sit and be, I needed something to facilitate that time with him. And those brought me to the reality, brought me to the reality. And when I left there back to my peaceful self, and that's the power of prayer. And that's what we need nowadays with all of the crazy that's happening. Yeah, no, that's so good. And as we just kind of wrap up, you know, I know we've been going for a little over an hour, which has flown by because this has been so stinking good, but I would just love for you to touch on just, and I, and I know we have a little bit, but just how prayer can be that weapon, um, you know, just expand on that just a little bit more, um, you know, 
through the spiritual warfare that people go through. And, you know, and I wasn't even going to share this and I don't even know if you know this, Rebecca. So I'm about to get like really real. So authentic. Okay. Um, I know Joey, you said you, you really admire authentic people. So I'm going to share something with you and just how the weight that was lifted off of my shoulders, because I confessed it, um, because I prayed about it. And this is something that literally like corroded my core for gosh, over 20 years. And at least I don't think I shared that on, on this podcast yet, but when I was in college, I made a really dumb decision and I'm just meeting Joey for the first time. So he's probably gonna be like, Oh my word. Like this woman had breast implants. Well, and, and this is connected because in college, you know, I had low self-esteem. Um, I ended up being a stupid nude stripper and there's a whole story with that. Um, and literally like my, it was a huge secret that I kept from my family. Um, you know, my children, not my parents knew about it, but, uh, but then I went on to become a teacher and I was so worried that like my students would find out the parents. And so I lived with this awful, horrible, shameful secret. And it really was through finding God through, you know, understanding the power that, you know, that comes through praying about it, that comes through confessing it. Um, and so, you know, I know some of you guys might be listening to this right now and you're like, man, I got a lot of skeletons. Like I've got a lot of things from my past that I am not proud of. And I just really want to encourage you guys to adopt a prayerful life and to seek confession. Um, hopefully you are going to an amazing church um, that offers confession, you know, multiple times, right? That's something that Rebecca has really ingrained in me. Like that's something you should look for in a church, you know, are they offering times for you to go in and confess your sins? And so, um, but anyways, so Rebecca, if you could just, you know, kind of wrap this all up in a little bow here. Um, just how powerful, um, you know, is prayer, you know, and what does that look like for someone who's maybe really going through some, you know, really intense spiritual warfare? Yes. Well, and, and most importantly, I would say, Don, thank you for sharing that and being so vulnerable because it's true. Like we all have skeletons in the closet, you know, and, and that's, that's not something to be ashamed of as much as it's something that, Jesus wants more than anything for us to give him those and to hand him over and let him carry those because that's exactly, you know, when he suffered and died, he did that to free us from those. And that's what he wants. He wants your freedom. And, you know, for every single one of our listeners, if there is a weight that that's you've been carrying around, that is not something to be ashamed of as much as it is something that Jesus wants you to plunge in the ocean of his mercy. And he is there to receive it. He, he it is so pleasing to him that you do that, that he, you relieve, you allow him to relieve you of that burden. And that's done, that's done through prayer. That's done through bringing that to him and through whatever, you know, various means, however you choose to do that. A confession is, is definitely a great way if you're Catholic. And if not, certainly, well, there's always becoming Catholic, but there's also just talking to him, just talking to him from your heart. You know, there's times where like my favorite time to talk out loud to God is when I'm driving in my car by myself or if like nobody else is in the chapel with me. It's like, I am an external processor, kind of like you, God. So I do like to talk out. And sometimes I have a lot to say to God. And, and sometimes like, I'm just like, like basically puking out to God, like all of my emotions or whatever it is. But 
the point is, is that that relationship with him and, you know, now we, how do I say this? The, we today, I think today there is such a, a drastic underestimation of the power of prayer. People don't believe and know how powerful it is. It is effective. It is effectual. It, it makes a difference. And I remember a time in my life where I was like, does it really work? I mean, like, does it really make a difference? You know, I, but it does, it transforms our entire being. And, you know, like Joey is probably, he's a great example. Like there's people in there in his life, you know, that are like, wait, what's up? What's going on with Joey? You know, like, a year ago, he was nothing like this. And, and, you know, they, they've even said to him, Joey told me this, like, they think it's a fad or they think like, oh, well, this isn't going to last, but believe me, that man's going to his grave on this path of intimacy through prayer. And so when it comes to spiritual warfare, because it is a reality, there are demons around us who want to take us down to hell forever. And their goal is that we die in a state of mortal sin. Their goal is that we die with those skeletons. Their goal is that we die, you know, having chosen sinful lifestyle or decisions that we are cut off from God. That is what they are on a mission for every single day. And prayer is the means by which we can stay connected to God. And, you know, there's various, various, spiritual warfare prayers, if you will, there's, um, first of all, the holy sacrifice of the mass is the most powerful prayer on earth. Like devils cannot be demons cannot be in the presence of our blessed Lord in the blessed sacrament with, um, during the holy sacrifice of the mass, it is, it dispels evil the Holy Sacrifice of the Masses. Also in 1888, Pope Leo XIII wrote a prayer of exorcism for us to help protect us from the enemy. He wrote a prayer to St. Michael, who is the head angel, uh, who, who is uh, his mission. I think I mentioned this last time, but his mission is to, uh, to fight Satan but he also wrote an exorcism prayer. I had a friend that called this week and she's like, I am just struggling. Like things are crazy. It's chaotic. Like I don't even know how to get a grip on everything going on. And I said, do you want to pray the, the exorcism prayer? And she said, yes, please. And we prayed that together, which we've done many times. And I've done that with, I don't even know how many people, but that prayer is so powerful and it's not me. It's the prayer itself, but I've literally seen people just, like by praying those prayers against Satan and against the attacks of the enemy. And, uh, the, you can, you can find that prayer. You can search it online. Pope Leo the 13th exorcism prayer, St. Michael prayer. You can also find it. I recommend everybody has a 1962 missile. I wish I had mine in front of me because I'd show it to you, but that is chuck full of prayers, morning prayers, evening prayers, spiritual warfare prayers, but I just listened, I'll, I'll end with this. I just listened to a really great podcast today. In fact, we'll put it in the comments because I recommend everybody listens to it. It was done by, it was an interview with the head exorcist in our country, in the United States. His name is father Chad Ripperger. And he talked about how right now people's intellects are so darkened, but that's happening because they're disconnected from God and they're making sinful decisions and, cho and choices that 
detach them from the grace that they need. And uh, we'll have to talk more about that on another episode, but listen to that talk because it is so vitally important to protect ourselves from the enemy and to protect ourselves so that we can know the truth and navigate all of the lies and deceptions out there. Once again, for the purpose of our health, our happiness, and our souls. These are the most important things. And uh, what, what more important way to spend our time than in prayer and in intimacy with God? That one thing will change everything else. I was thinking about it when I was thinking about this podcast and, you know, this obviously doing protect your peace takes time and energy. And Dawn has just put so much time and work and energy into this too. And, and, uh, there's a book, it's called the soul of the apostolate. And the whole premise of the soul of the apostolate is that you can feed the poor, you can do ministry, you can labor in the vineyard all day long. But if you do that before you pray, that is empty in a sense. But if you pray and you have a prayer life, and that is the source of your ministry and what you, how the ways that you serve your brothers and sisters and God, that is a fruitful life. And so we can, you know, we can put a link to, to that book too. I've got a lot of resources written down that we'll put in the comment sections for you guys, but it all comes down to having daily prayer routine. And Don, I, I, I don't know. Do you want me to mention briefly just like what a daily prayer routine could look like or some options? Yes. No, please do. Thank you. Okay. So I'll give a little example of, of mine. Now, remember I was a Carmelite nun, so this is not, um, standard for people, but, uh, when my alarm goes off, there's what's called the heroic minute. It's, it's when you choose not to hit snooze, which is really hard for me, but going from my bed to my knees is the way I want to start every single day. And, and by doing that rolling out of bed and onto my knees, the first thing I do is adore God. And I speak to the father, father, you are my father. I am your daughter. Thank you for providing for me. Thank you for cre- you know, creating me. And I'll talk to the father. Then I talk to Jesus, Jesus, you are my beloved. Thank you for choosing me. I desire to belong to you. And then I'll talk to the Holy spirit, Holy spirit, please come, come and dwell in my heart. You're welcome here penetrate and possess my whole being, fill me, flood me with your spirit, your gifts and your fruits. Then I'll talk to our lady, the Virgin Mary, and I'll tell her, Mary, guide me, protect me. I want to be more like you bring me closer to Jesus. Um, and uh, I'll have all kinds of things I like to say to her. And then I just quickly reference St. Joseph. You are my spiritual father. You are the terror of demons and the, uh, uh protector of virgins, which is me. And then I say, guardian angel, I love you. Thank you for being my angel. I want to know you more. Thank you for all that you do for me that I don't even know. So I've now addressed, you know, my inner circle in heaven and connected with them starting my day there. And then I turn to, um, I pray for the, all of the souls in purgatory, especially those of my family benefactors and friends. So anybody I know that is in purgatory suffering that they may be in heaven and then I pray for my parents, my siblings, and my nieces, all my family, uh, some of the closest people in my life. I won't name all of them. And then I just uh, briefly pray for uh, all of the 
holy priests and bishops and cardinals that I know and that need prayers, then I pray for uh, my, my, all my benefactors and those who are supporting me and, and helping me. I pray for our ministries. I pray for all of my doctors that I, I currently see. Um, and then I just have a few other prayers, but it's, it, you know, it really only takes five, maybe 10 minutes tops, but it just depends on the day. And then I just, and then I tell our Lord, I tell him, I desire to be a saint. Please do not allow me to miss any opportunities today to grow in holiness and help me to capitalize on every opportunity to grow closer to you and grow in holiness, because that should be the orientation of my entire day is, is that, and oh, there was one other thing, but I, I'm going to keep moving. So now I've given my day to him and I've offered it all, all to him. And, uh, personally, I go in the morning to church. I go to mass so you can go to mass. You can uh, spend time in silence before the blessed sacrament, or just in your room. You can spend time in scripture. There's the divine office, which I, I don't do every day, but I do regularly. Uh, oh, I know what it was that I was going to say. So father Chad Ripperger, I was listening to a talk from him once, and I wrote a prayer based on what he said, because there is a chastisement coming. It's not a secret. It's something we need to prepare for. There will be great trials and sufferings, and there's a good chance it's going to be in our lifetime. And so the prayer that I wrote is Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen me with your strength. Grant me the grace and willingness to suffer. Keep me humble and help me to persevere to the end. And I wrote that prayer based on his entire talk of spiritual warfare. And so I pray it every day because I know that I'm going to need help to persevere. And I know that I, I do not want pride getting in the way. I want to remain humble. And I know that it's only by Jesus's strength that I want to be strengthened to get through those trials that I know are coming. I'm preparing now for what I know is down the road that I will need more strength for. And so I pray that prayer in the morning as well. I do a similar thing in the evening before bed, getting on my knees. Uh, Joey's done this with me a couple of times. Uh, and at the end of the day, pray, I pray three Hail Marys in honor of uh, all of her attributes given to her by the Blessed Trinity. And I also pray three Glory Bees because there was a, a nun who died and, and she appeared to her superior later. And she said, I want you to know that I went straight to heaven and I avoided purgatory because I prayed these three Glory Bees at the end of the um, at the end of the day, each day. And Dawn, I'm going to share those. I know we're going a little long, but just so that people have that as a resource, I think it's, a, it's valuable. So the first one is eternal father. I offer thee the most sacred heart of Jesus, the sorrowful and the immaculate heart of Mary and the most chaste heart of St. Joseph with all their love, all their sufferings and all their merits to expiate the sins I've committed this day. And during all of my life, and for that of my family, the rest of those whom I love, for poor sinners and for the holy souls. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So that's the first one. And if you notice, I'm offering to the, you know, what greater gift can we give the Father than offering him his son, the Virgin Mary, whom he created, and Saint Joseph, who he, cre who cre he created to be Jesus's father. I'm offering those three as a gift to him. And then I'm offering him all of their love, 
all their suffering and all their merits. Can you imagine how much that is? I mean, that's crazy. And so that's what I'm offering to the father in expiation for the sins I've committed this day. So I'm atoning for those today. And, and I throw in there, my family, all those whom I love sinners and the souls, because I don't think they're praying these prayers. So I'm going to pray them for him, for them. The second one is it's the same beginning eternal father. I offer thee the most sacred heart of Jesus, the sorrowful and the immaculate heart of Mary and the most chaste heart of St. Joseph with all their love, all their sufferings and all their merits to purify the good I've done badly this day. And during all of my life, and for that of my family, the rest of those whom I love, for poor sinners and the holy souls, glory be. And the last one is to supply for the good that I ought to have done, but I've neglected this day and during all of my life. And with those three at the end of the day, I'm basically saying to God, like, I'm sorry for my sins. Uh, forgive, you know, like the, the ways I fell short, the things I neglected, and I'm acknowledging those. And I'm also acknowledging that I desire a holy death. And as I lay my head on my pillow to sleep, I acknowledge my, my death and, and passage into eternity. And I pray that there, for protection and for grace in that prayer. And so there's so much more I could say about prayer, Don, in that uh, podcast I listened to this morning. Father Ripperger said to, when they vet people, because they have thousands of people that come to them for exorcisms. The first thing they ask, I was really surprised about this. The first thing they ask is, do you pray the Angelus prayer at 6 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m.? Of all the things, that's the first thing that he says you must be doing to help prepare yourself if you're going to, you know, if you need an exorcism or if, even if you don't. But he said part of it's because nowadays people lack discipline, so they're not disciplined in their prayer life. And that's what he said is the number one thing. And you can look up the Angelus prayer, but it's a uh, custom to pray it three times a day, six noon and six. He also said that you need right order in the home. That's the second, second prerequisite for preparing. If you're going to see him for an exorcism is that the father is the head of the household and that things are ordered. The marriage is in order. Uh, and then he said to pray for spiritual protection for your family and children every single day. That was number three. Number four was ask our lady of sorrows. Is there anything I need to know that's going on in the lives of our children? Because he said, there's so much that we don't know. And then when you finally find out what your kids are doing, it's too late. It's too far down the road. And lastly, number five, consecrate your family and all your specific problems to our lady. So those are all things that he has people do before they even come for an exorcism. And, uh, and it just goes to show like the gravity of the battle, spiritual warfare. He was saying that it used to be, he could do an exorcism and the demons would leave in an hour or a couple sessions. And now it's taking years because of the power that the demons have right now. They have gained so much power because so many people are giving in to sin and giving in to their temptations and giving in to worshiping Satan and witchcraft and all of these evil, evil things. And so we have to fight against those things proactively. If you're not praying every day, you're going to get swept away in the flood. 
is just inevitable with the level of spiritual warfare that we're in. And I'll end with this because it's really a note of hope. He said this, and you can listen to the podcast in the comments, but he said he was just doing an exorcism recently and he had, uh, it was Satan. It was Beelzebul. It was just another name for Satan. Satan stopped and started weeping. And he's, and the exorcist, he's so funny. And maybe this is how you have to be if you're an exorcist. But he said to the, to Satan, he goes, what's your problem? And he, the de- Satan confessed to him. He said, I know that my time is short. He's about to take my power away. And Father Ripperger said, Satan was talking about God, the father was about to take his power away. So we're entering into a period of justice that there things are going to get worse before they get better. They will get so much better. But before they do, we have trials to suffer and a chastisement to undergo. And up until the father takes the power away from Satan, he is raging. He's raging mad. All the demons are in a frenzy because they know their time is short. And I truly believe that's why we're seeing so many random acts of violence, so many darkened intellects, so many people that have completely lost their common sense. And it's all because of the spiritual battle that's going on and all the people who are not even in the battle. So my plea to you today is to get in the battle, engage find out what you have to do, pray, just start anywhere, but don't be swept away because the repercussions and it are eternal. The, the consequences are unending and it's not worth the price that you will pay if you do not get into the battle, but through prayer and proactively striving to become who God created you to be, not to mention you'll be happier than ever. So with that, should I end us in a little prayer, Dawn? Yeah, I was, again, I'm being a nerd over here researching. So I found that Angelus prayer. Yes. I don't know, should we, do you want to end with that? I don't know if you know. Yes, that was for sure. So to me. So yeah, so that would be beautiful if you want to end with that one. Okay, mm-hmm. let's do it. So I'll yeah. lead it and then there's responses. Do you see them on your phone? Yeah, yeah the okay, Hail so Mary. you do the responses. Okay, and it's just the Hail Mary and the let us pray, right? No, it's like, Oh, I see it. Never mind. Okay, I got it. Okay, I got you. Okay, okay. great. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto the according, I'm sorry, hang on, be it done unto me according to your word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promise of Christ. Let us pray. pray. Go ahead, Dawn. Do you want to do that part? Like read the bottom of, okay, yeah. Um, pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord. Am I doing it right, Rebecca? Yes. 
Okay, perfect. Your grace into our hearts that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, your son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 Well, I just want to say thank you to Joey for being on here with us. Thank you to all of you. Uh, it's about to get really real in here as we, <laughs> as we carry on with our topics. And so Don, do you want to share a little bit about where we're headed? Yes. Yeah. So thanks again, you guys for being on here today. And uh, Rebecca and I, we are so excited because here in just a couple of weeks, we are actually going to be joining together up in Michigan for our very first Protect Your Peace retreat. And uh, we are going to be gathering at my sister's beautiful home um, on a lake up in Michigan. And uh, we've just got some amazing um, ladies that are going to be coming together to just grow in their relationship, but also to learn how to protect their peace and to learn about some of the truths, again, that um, are going on right now in our world. Because again, as Rebecca mentioned, it's such a tragedy that so many people are just believing the lies of the media and um you know and just the control that you know social media and and some of the big tech you know has in our in our lives right now so we're excited about that so our next podcast we're going to actually um interview and just have some of our amazing guests who are going to be at the retreat um so it's going to be a really fun one you're going to probably hear from lots of different people um, just things that are learned through the retreat, through us coming together, talking about different truths. Um, and, uh, and I'm just excited uh, for you guys to hear from, you know, just some of the participants that are going to be there that weekend. So that's what we've got coming up for you guys next. And as a reminder, this podcast, uh, whether you watch it on YouTube, on our Protect Your Peace YouTube channel, where you can see all of our faces, or if you listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, it always drops on the 1st and the 15th of every month. And so Rebecca and I, we are super committed to doing two of these a month together. Um, and then again, just releasing those on the 1st and the 15th. And, and I just really want to encourage you guys, make sure that you subscribe. I would really... Uh, you know, love it if you went to the YouTube channel so you can see our faces. And uh, as Rebecca mentioned, we'll make sure we put a lot of these resources in the notes for you guys. But click on that subscribe button. And then that way, as the new episodes come out, you'll get a notification about that. So, all right. Well, thank you so much again, Joey. Thank you, Rebecca. This has been absolutely amazing. And uh, just all the glory to God for just this amazing um, time that we've got to spend together. And uh, just, I'm so grateful for both of you guys. So until next time on Protect Your Peace, have a blessed day, friends. And uh, we're so glad that you joined us. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for joining the Protect Your Peace podcast, where we are so honored to glorify God by bringing the truth to light. We would love your help growing our ministry. So please visit our website at protectyourpeace.live and share this with family and friends. God bless everyone.